Section 4 of Modern England by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Pamela Nagami. Book 4, Lord Melbourne, 1835 to 1841. Book 4, Chapter 1, Sir Robert Peel's First Ministry. The new Parliament still contained a majority of Whigs, although many seats, especially in the counties, had been won by the Tories. These old party names were now giving way to the terms liberal and conservative. Ministers were in a minority from the first. They were beaten in the election of Speaker and beaten on the address. Parliament was only restrained by fear of a dissolution. Sir Robert Peel inaugurated several measures of the wisest character which were afterwards adopted by the opposition. He established an ecclesiastical commission to equalize the income of the clergy. He tried to regulate the collection of tithes and the marriage of dissenters. He was beaten in detail, but his enemies shrank from proposing a vote of want of confidence. At last, an issue was found in the question of the Irish Church and the appropriation of some of its revenues to secular purposes. The ministry found itself in a minority of thirty-three, and soon after resigned. The king was compelled to recall Lord Melbourne, and the old ministry was restored with the exception of Lord Broome. An attempt to force a Tory government on the nation by the authority of the sovereign thus signally failed. William the Fourth is more to be blamed for trying it than the Duke of Wellington and Sir Robert Peel for supporting their sovereign. Book 4, Chapter 2, The King's Last Years Two great problems lay before the ministry, the reform of municipalities and the reform of the Irish Church. The government of boroughs, once the home of liberty and the training ground for political practice, had come to be as full of abuses as the representation of the country. Some town councils consisted of a great noble, the members of his family, and his chief man of business, and their sole function was to elect members to Parliament. Early in September, 1835, a measure was passed, with the concurrence of Lords and Commons, which rendered municipal government a reality, provided for the proper election of aldermen, abolished the unreasonable privileges of freemen, a class of men who by the accident of birth were invested with the government of the towns, and struck off the fetters from many industries. This measure completed and extended the work of the Reform Bill. The grievances of Ireland still continued. During the last fifty years a number of political societies called Orange Lodges had sprung up in the province of Ulster. Their object was to support the cause of Protestantism against the ribbon men who were Catholics. The attempt to diminish the revenues of the Irish Church favoured the extension of these lodges. They spread throughout Ireland, England, and the colonies. Their members reached the number of 300,000, and the Duke of Cumberland, the King's brother, was placed at their head with almost despotic power. They were considered a menace to the peace of the kingdom and were quickly dissolved in 1836. Opportunity was taken for carrying a number of domestic reforms. 
a uniform registration of births deaths and marriages was ordered throughout the kingdom the revenues of bishops and canons were equalized in pursuance of the report of the ecclesiastical commission the tax on newspapers was reduced to a penny in spite of the opposition of the tories who preferred cheap soap to a cheap press the power of the ministry did not last much longer deserted by some old allies they failed to carry measures of further improvement discredited by repeated defeats they would have resigned if it had not been for the illness and death of the king this took place in june eighteen thirty seven william the fourth was honest and conscientious his reign witnessed a great revolution in the reform bill and a strong impulse to commerce by the extension of railways and growth of steamships with good reason his statue adorns the passage of the houses of parliament as representing a time when the national progress was unusually rapid book four chapter three the new reign no monarch ever came to the throne more popular than queen victoria the daughter of the duke of kent just eighteen years old her youth secured sympathy her conduct soon won for her affection and respect consideration for her feelings kept the ministers in power as the nation did not wish to deprive her of advisers whom she was understood to like to the joy of englishmen hanover was separated from the crown by passing to a male heir an outbreak in canada threatened to become serious and the first measures of the new reign were directed to the suppression of rebellion discontent in canada arising from disputes between the french and english canadians had been fostered by the united states major head governor of upper canada sent away the soldiers called out the militia and loyal inhabitants and entirely crushed the rebels he was reprimanded and recalled lord durham a man of highest character was sent out to appease the province nothing could be more heroic than his performance of duty while he was slowly wasting with incurable disease and thwarted by factious opposition he failed in the object of his mission and came home to die the ministry continued to exist on sufferance they had no power to carry measures or to support their servants in may eighteen thirty nine they were defeated in a question about jamaica they resigned but sir robert peel made it a condition of taking office that a change should be made in the ladies of the queen's bedchamber the queen objected and the ministry remained in their posts but it has since been held that the chief officers who surround the person of the sovereign are changed with a change of ministry the same year saw the introduction of penny postage the invention of rowland hill at this time no postage was under tuppence letters from the country to london cost sixpence to one shilling from scotland to ireland one shilling or one shilling sixpence rowland hill showed that the actual cost of carrying each letter was very small and that if a stimulus was given the traffic would increase enormously experience has endorsed this and cheap postage has been adopted by all civilized nations postage stamps were also introduced and franking the privilege of sending letters free of postage reserved to members of parliament 
was abolished. Book Four, Chapter Four, The Queen's Marriage. Statesmen had long been occupied with the question of the Queen's marriage, none more so than the King of the Belgians, uncle of the Queen, himself the widower of a princess who was heir to the English throne. Prince Albert of Saxe Coburgotha, the Queen's first cousin, had been silently educated for his destinies. The marriage which took place in February 1840 was happily one of love. The prince's virtues formed the real foundation of the prosperity of the reign, and it will be recognized by posterity that his many-sided culture and intellectual activity have left an indelible stamp on the minds and character of Englishmen. The best results of German thought were transfused into English manliness, an effect which the union with Hanover had never been able to accomplish. The government regained some little strength by its activity in crushing the attempt of Egypt to revolt from the port, but they were not able to pass measures of importance, and the debates on the budget overthrew them. They were defeated in a measure which anticipated the repeal of the Corn Laws. Instead of resigning, they dissolved Parliament in June 1841, but the country ratified the judgment of the House, and after the election the Conservatives divided on the address with a majority of 91. A new ministry was formed, of which the principal members were Sir Robert Peel and the Duke of Wellington. End of section four.